episode 6 of season 2 finale of the Brown Adventure Team Future Podcast for all lovers. I'm your host Martin, and we will be talking about live action roleplay events and experiences. Throughout this series, we will talk about specific LARPs and also more general topics surrounding LARPs. This episode, we're going to be looking at the development of a specific LARP. I had originally hoped that the LARP would have run by the time you hear this, but due to COVID-19, it's been postponed until November of 2022. That does not mean, however, that we can't go over into what has gone into creating this LARP so far. So developing a LARP is no easy task, and it takes many people working on many different aspects to make the final product come together. There are many things which are even behind the scenes which need planning. Before we step into this topic, I'd like to take a moment to again thank Feedspot, which is a blogging site for including From Adventure to Innkeeper as one of the top five LARP podcasts. Their list is a good one, and I can recommend all the podcasts on it, with of course a major bias toward this one, which came in at number four originally and has since moved into the number two spot. Their website is blog.feedspot.com, and the top five list can be found at blog.feedspot.com backslash LARP underscore podcasts. This show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we'll be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of the episode. Episodes will air every odd month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and will be approximately one to two hours in length. Every episode is, of course, for everyone, but some will focus more on issues which will resonate more with one group or another. And as such, we have a scale that will help you focus uh, which will tell you the focus of the topics and possibly the depths of some of the various bogs and dungeons which we'll wade into. The scale for this episode will be Innkeeper, as it's aimed primarily at those who develop, design, and run LARP. Um, but we're going to be covering some heavy topics, um, but they relate directly to all players, and are heavy mostly due to the topic, not the concept. In other words, heavy in the sense of what kind of things you need to look at for or consider for developing LARP, some of the behind-the-scenes things. So, that is generally what this episode is going to look at. Alright, so as this episode covers such a wide variety of LARP topics, I've arranged for some guests to help me with uh, via Zoom uh, to discuss what their thoughts are on developing uh, a LARP, in this case, this the uh, Matter of Honor LARP. So with me via Zoom today, I have Joe, Peter, and David, all from the U.S. So thank you, Joe, Peter, and David, for joining me today. Uh, before we begin our open discussion, let me first ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your involvement with this LARP. Uh, Joe, if you'd like to go first. Yeah, thank you, Martin. Uh, my name is Joe Harney, and uh, my involvement with the LARP is I am a player in the command division, and I shall be portraying the role of Captain Jay Tanvers, commanding officer of HMS Ballista. Okay, uh, thank you for that. And uh, Peter? Uh, yeah, um, I'm Pete Howdeshell. I... Uh... I've been LARPing for a while now. This is the first LARP I've really gotten into the the back end planning. I worked as a storyteller on a parlor LARP for a while, but this is the first LARP I've kind of been working on from start to finish. Um, and my role is primarily, so far it's been primarily communications. Um, and that's really it, I think. Alrighty. And, uh, David. 
My name is Dave Potter, and uh, um, I'm new to LARPing, but I have over 30 years experience in uh, con production and operations, and uh, I'm also a filmmaker and a chef, and I've kind of been brought on to capture all the video imagery of the LARP as we're trying to cut together a film from the perspective of the LARPers, and uh, so it should be rather interesting. All right. Well, thank you all for that. Um, so just to ensure that we are all on the same page and our listeners are all on the same page, uh, I'm just going to briefly define what specifically we're talking about today. Uh, so we're going to be discussing about the creation and development of the Matter of Honor LARP, which is being developed by members of the Royal Manticore Navy Fan Association. And will be run by Quest Adventure Gaming, which will soon be called Quest Productions LLC. Uh, Quest is doing some character and plot cleanup, as they do have more experience in this than we do, but this episode is going to focus really on sort of what's happened behind the scenes and also some of the logistics which have gone into this particular LARP up to this point. So now that we're hopefully all on the same page, I will open this up to my guests uh, on Zoom so that we can begin delving a little bit deeper into this aspect. So the first question that I have for everybody is sort of what's been the biggest challenges so far that you feel that we've faced in developing this LARP? Uh, I really? Guess my, oh, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead, David. I was going to say my biggest challenge is dealing with communications and our wireless signal because we're basically inside a giant Faraday cage and um, signals don't want to really travel. Um, so we've had to deal with that and how we're going to capture all the imagery uh, without having camera operators roaming around the uh, location with the actors. I mean, that's a that's a very valid point, you know, because we're we're planning a lot of static cameras. We're planning a lot of cameras that will be planned and sort of set before action happens. So that's a that's a definitely a very valid point. Yeah, so I'll I'll kind of throw out next. Um, uh, besides COVID, which I think we can all agree is the <laughs> biggest challenge um, from my perspective as a uh, player, but also uh, been uh, kind of the well, not the designated as the the commanding officer of the the player group. Uh, it's been I think moderating expectations over the intervening months. Uh, first round of of player signups uh, went live in December of 2020, and so with an anticipated game date of uh, November 2021. So that was almost an entire year of uh, waiting to. Uh, play the game that everyone has been tremendously excited about. Now, COVID delaying it till November of 2022, the simultaneous challenge of maintaining expectations while also maintaining player engagement and, uh, and enthusiasm um, to keep them from uh, wanting to drop out of the, the, the game and keep, keep moving forward, I think is going to be our biggest challenge on that production side of things. You know, it's funny you mentioned player keeping player engagement over that that length of time because I think that that um, 
keeping staff engagement is is been some is an issue too. Um, I know there have been a couple of instances where I've completely and not not on purpose, just forgotten that we've had a meeting or something because so much time has passed between each event and then we we should be doing post-mortem at this point and having talked about what worked and what didn't and instead we're still kind of not limbo but for a lot of our players i think maybe it's limbo it definitely feels like limbo for the player base which is understandable completely and totally i don't want to have anything uh imply that uh, it's a any kind of fault on quest uh, gaming or anything they've been great partners um it's just getting delayed by covid is a uh, it sucks from the filmmaker standpoint um even without covid this is pretty normal you gear up for a production date and it gets put on hold and you sit in standby and then you gear up for a production date and it gets put on hold so it's just normal practice for me <laughs> I'm not flustered too much by it. I just, it'll happen when it happens. And I just have faith in that. So I'm, I'm generally with, with you on that one, um, David, that, that it'll happen when it happens, but I do have to admit that, that um, some of the delays that have happened, some of the slowdowns that have happened on both sides have, have been a little bit frustrating. Um, I, I think that, you know we're we're in this unique position where we have some expertise but we don't have all the expertise needed to to run the event and it's a little bit frustrating to have to rely on another group to help you do that when the other group doesn't share you know i guess you're th- the same sense of urgency maybe that 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 we have and I'm not saying sense of urgency in the sense that I want to get it, you know, over and done with more just the sense of urgency of, of, you know, yes, we have a year until, you know, the game, but if we start doing stuff now, we'll be so far ahead of the game by the time we get there that, you know, it, it, it will be easier to run. Um, yeah. Well, and that's also just natural with the fact that quests has a production schedule that has, more than one game uh and whereas we are focused or at least i know i am i am laser focused on the uh, the matter of honor games so to me my own personal selfishness i look at any time or effort or energy spent on not the uh, uh matter of honor game as like oh we could be doing this uh, this thing for my game instead but i do understand there's a level of reasonable expectation where a quest has other commitments and obligations that they've they are uh, that are known oh so most most definitely i guess i guess what i was kind of getting at was partially um so there there's an old adage that we were taught in flight school which is always be at least 10 minutes ahead of your airplane and i tend to try to think like that pretty much in in, in most of the things that i do i try to think ahead at least that 10 minutes because if I'm ahead of my airplane, then unless it does something really bizarre, I'm generally not super surprised by what's going to happen. And, you know, I know that if I'm going to be coming in to do this thing, I've got all these things prepped, they're all done, they're all ready to go. 
And I, I guess sort of the, the frustration for me is the fact that not everybody else thinks that way. And it's, it's a frustration, but it's not, it's not a negative. It's just the fact that, you know, we have to learn to work and accommodate, you know, the way that they work. And that's just, that's just how things are. And that's perfectly fine. So since you brought it up, um, do you think that the delay due to COVID will actually make the LARP better, make it worse, make it about the same? So go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You let All me right. Go. So because I have a very limited glimpse into the uh, behind the curtain production uh, view uh, from the kind of front of the house per player's perspective, it feels like December 20 to November 2021 never happened. So it feels like we're almost stepped back 12 months and we are where we were when signups first opened last year. Now, I know that the, intellectually, I know that that's likely not the case. Um, there was a lot of uh, character creation and all and a lot of uh, logistical work that was done that isn't been seen yet. Um, so you can't feel the presence of something you haven't experienced yet. But um, I do think it has the opportunity to make it better. Uh, we can, we definitely have more time to improve the Horizon Simulator software, put together more um, sets and other, and, and other uh, props for the game. Uh, but there's also a real opportunity of, uh, to have this, very human nature thing to go, well, oh, it's, it's, it's future me's problem. That's 12 months from now. And just let things slide and lose the sense of urgency we had building up to the, uh, the, the delay. Yeah. yeah I, uh, go ahead. Mark. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I understand it from that standpoint, but from the, again, from the filmmaker standpoint, there's never enough pre-production time. And so having that extra pre-production time just as hel helps us iron out the kinks in, in the technology and uh, like you said, props and things like that. And, and really there's just the logistical stuff that's going on in my head of how we're going to solve this problem and that problem. Um, it, that extra time really helps with that. Um, speaking of that, I've actually had a chance now to test the Roland production board. It works very nicely. Excellent. Um, my thinking was on what it does to the what it does to the players. Um, it's a little it's a little easier for me to predict what's going to happen, and I'm going to use one of Quest's other games uh, in my mind. Their uh, Outbound Hope is in April it's a little easier for me to predict where I'm going to be in April as opposed to if I was registering as a player for a uh, matter of honor, if I registered in December of 2020, the game got postponed. Now it's two years out or almost two years out. I don't know where I'm going to be in that two years, especially given the number of, of people that I know registered that might be involved in the military or, or, 
or any other host of other things that might happen between now and then where they suddenly have to cancel and they've paid for the the command staff which were their absolutely vital roles or something like that where we've we run into those kind of problems no and that's and that's very fair i think that you know we we have we we have the issue of having postponed by a full year from where we were and you know it it's hard to predict where you're going to be a year out just in general. I mean, now it's, you know, it's two years out from the date and, and you know, that, that postponement was not a decision that, you know, we really had a choice in. So for those who don't know, the reason that the game was postponed um, was because there was a surge of Delta variant cases in Michigan and the department of health for Saginaw made the decision that conducting a game indoors, even with a fully vaccinated game population, was not something that they were comfortable with. So, therefore, we wound up having to postpone. Um, I mean, I, I like the fact that I have more time to devote to certain things that, that were starting to come down to sort of crunch time. Um, certain sort of secondary plots and certain backstories and things like that, 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 that I now have more time to think about. And, and from, from that perspective, it's, it's really nice and kind of, kind of positive to sort of have that extra time. But I mean, I can also see it from the player's perspective of, you know, here's a game that got postponed. Uh, you know, my wife and I canceled going to a LARP this year, which ironically enough, again, got postponed just because, you know, the, the, the topic was one that we were really interested in originally, but the game was post-apocalyptic LARP, and we kind of felt we'd lived through a post-apocalyptic year. <laughs> and playing a game in a post-apocalyptic LARP just didn't appeal to us. So, you know, I, I can understand, especially where we have some cancellations and things like that, that, that it's going to happen. Um, so what do you think that some areas of development are that we could have spent more time on originally leading up to the original November uh, timeframe that we now have an opportunity to spend more time on. Well, so I, from a player perspective, I think this is a little hard to uh, predict because uh, um, when I have been involved in uh, LARP games, uh, in other venues run by other teams, the timing and the timeline has been uh, much different and uh, there's been a lot more front loading. So uh, I know we had gotten character assignments uh, in July leading up to the, the November, but we hadn't gotten to the point where characters were actually given and uh, essentially crew relations started to be, could be start forming. So I don't, I don't know how that would have happened because uh, it never did. So there's kind of a missed opportunity there where we didn't get a chance to gel as a, as a team that we're going to be working on it. The one thing I will admit, even though um, we've had a great team of developers working on it, I was extraordinarily concerned on the run-up to the game about the Horizon Simulator Honorverse module being uh complete and uh ready to go for the event uh in a way that um 
accurately reflected, but did not simulate how physics and the honorverse work. Because I don't think any of us want to spend eight actual days flying in hyperspace from Beowulf to uh, Earth. So uh, getting somewhere where it feels honorversian, so we're not actually waiting 22 minutes for a volley of missiles to be fired, uh, but not just uh, as the current horizon simulator works. Uh, and I will say once the LARP was delayed, uh, my involvement in the uh, development team process really slacked off. So um, I'm hoping that we will be able to circle back around and really polish the, the horizon element. Now, I, I will say they, that Horizon did already have something like that built into it. I don't know how it's going to work on the Honorverse module, but there was a way to stretch out the amount of time it took you to get from one system to another. Yeah, no, and it's all it's all a lot. It's all math and settings and, uh, you know, equations for, you know, approximating speed and everything. But it was just there's a lot of moving parts and a uh, development team was doing a heroic job in getting us where we needed to be but uh was uh again i think the larp i think the larp will benefit from the delay in that respect yeah i, I definitely see that too yeah i think that i think that horizons is is one of those areas where i, I generally don't have enough insight into it aside from the fact that i know what they're doing generally overall um but i think that giving them more time to to get that aspect of the programming done will certainly be beneficial for us us being the game not not us us absolutely and i was i was just involved in the project enough to be able to be like okay tell me what I need to get you so you can do the programming. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to really help code or do any of that, but I was helping uh, bring in the expertise and, and align the resources uh, for the, the development team and being the kind of honor verse brain when they had a question about like, how fast does a missile go or what, how wide is a wedge supposed to be? And I had like that, that was essentially my contribution uh, to the development project at the current time. No, I'm, and I, I'm, you know, hopeful that we're also going to be able to use some of that footage that comes out of that potentially in, in some of the, some of the cinematics, depending on, depending on the quality of it, you know, it would be nice yeah. to, it would be nice to, for example, get like the missile launch coming from that, as opposed to having to find someone else to do the missile launch for us. I mean, the 3D renders of the ballista are pretty stunning. So I can't wait for everyone to see it at both at the game and then all of the post-production film once we see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So am I. So, um, for for each and every one of you, can you give us some examples of the things that you've helped sort of plan out for this LARP, just so that uh, the listeners can get some some idea of, of your overall involvement? 
Well, um, I, I know my position is kind of um, all over the place a little bit from, from what you and I've talked about. Um, but I know that I've been very involved in helping get the communications system set up. Um, and I'm really kind of excited about it. I know we still have to do that that time test that we were going to do. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about using kind of older technology in a new way is, is kind of the best way to describe it, I think. Um, but it, it, it looks like it's going to be, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to keep the communication staff on their toes and really give them something to do where they're not sitting in the communications room falling asleep, um, which has happened. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're planning on having message traffic coming, if not constantly, at least very regularly, I guess is what I should say, both inbound and outbound messages. So they're going to be sending stuff as well as as receiving stuff, they're going to have to work with some of it in different fashions. Um, so there's a lot of that that's going to that's going to wind up, you know, showing up in the in the game, and hopefully um, that'll show up for everybody. So it's not just the communication staff that we're planning these things for. I'll let you go next, David. Um, so I wear a lot of different hats right now. So. What I'm doing as the film director is 90 some percent there on the ship. And um, aside from a percentage of that time that's pre-production with conversations with Martin solving technical problems here and there, um, my involvement has heavily been on feeding the casting crew, um, using my skills as a chef and working with, with Jack, who's not with us tonight, um, planning out the menu for both the main mess hall and the wardroom, um, providing meals from our walk-in, which is basically lunchtime on Friday, through a breakfast on Sunday, and mid-rats in between and everything, uh, making sure that we're going to have good quality food. Um, we're going to have meatloafs. We're going to have... Uh, uh, soups regularly there'll be sandwich fixings um, everything has to be designed to be covid correct and all that and and so there's just a whole bunch of stuff that goes into the logistics of planning out food for that many people that many meals over that whole weekend period and stuff not unlike running the mess on an actual ship so one of the uh, interesting things that my wife and i learned on one of our recent excursions was that the Dutch apparently have their own version of mid-rats called toasties, which is essentially grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh. Excellent. So uh, in my other uh, role involved in the Honorverse, uh, I serve as the seventh space lord of the Bureau of Supply. And so I've been uh, working with uh, Martin and the team to put together all of the costuming needs and patches and insignias uh, that are going to be necessary for to make the game a fully immersive uh, live action experience. So there was a large chunk of that that went on. Um, the unfortunately, um, well, or fortunately, do depending on your, how your perspective is, the uniform order that was placed at the end of July arrived the Friday that the game was supposed to start. 
So anyone who had ordered uniforms hoping to have them in time for the LARP, we now know that we need to order beginning of July uh, 2022 if uh, anyone wants to order a uniform uh, for them to bring and wear in their position uh, during the LARP. Um, and then again, I was uh, working with the player team in order to start beginning to organize this, the officer cadre in uh, some semblance of a team and set them kind of towards working together to build uh, some uh, leadership models and get some uh, training together. Uh, but of course that kind of all went on pause with the, uh, with the announcement of the delay. And then I pretty much as the captain, I'm serving in this quasi, uh, well, three quarters player, one quarter GM, because I do feel a responsibility to ensure that every player has a good time at this event. So I'm, as the commanding officer, not going to do anything that really jeopardizes that. And so I've been able to act as a sounding board with Martin. Um, and he's like, hey, what about this? Does this sound good? Or, hey, get a call from him uh, all hours of the night being like, what about this thing? And I'm like, that's an awesome idea. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. So it's been a, it's been good to be able to serve as a sounding board for uh, some of his uh, plot ideas. So what has been the most rewarding part of this experience for each of you so far? Well, I think I'm going to just start with the, the flippant answer of the best is yet to come. Um, you know, my, my involvement both in the TR, TRMN as well as in the LARP is uh, I really do like to facilitate others having an enjoyable experience. and. Uh, one of the ways uh, I'm going to be privileged and fortunate to do that is to act as the, the commanding officer for the, the ship. And so uh, I'm really digging through all of my uh, servant leadership and all of my Navy leadership texts and, and, and books and really uh, looking at how to be a extraordinarily light touch, inspirational leader that gives everyone else the ability to uh, exercise initiative and agency in a military command structure. Because I know there are plenty of military, actual military out there that have difficult times at times dealing with that. And those officers have years, if not decades of specific military leadership training. So I'm really been taking a crash course and have been helped by several really uh, great uh, members and friends of mine who are former military officers who have really been giving me a crash course on a being a, a ship captain and uh, what that role entails and how to not be a tin-plated dictator and instead be uh, someone who enables everyone to have a positive experience. To uh, echo off Joe, I think that's absolutely right. We haven't yet got there. Um, so that's that's what I'm really looking forward to is actually getting everybody in uniform, getting them on that ship, getting them to play and go, kind of sit back and go, ha this is cool. It's like watching a movie from the inside. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of, 
And I'm looking forward to the player reactions too. When they realize they look around and they go, Oh, wow, this is happening. I'm actually in, I'm in the honor verse right now. And, and I'm on a ship and we're in hyper and there's the war shots, you know, get them really into it is what I'm, what I'm looking forward to is when they realize that it's actually happening and we're all, we're all there. I also have to echo off of what Joe said that uh, uh, one of the key things for me has always been with cons, making sure everybody is having a good time. Um, that's how we run our operations department. We don't, we're not there to be um, stormtroopers and stuff. We're there to be your host and to make sure that you're having a great experience and that everybody's having that same great experience. And and such. So um, I want to see that same thing come through here. We're, we're from the, from the galley side, we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that um, when you sit down and have your meal, or even if it's just grabbing mid rats, you feel that we're taking care of you and that you're not uh, struggling by, it's not like, uh, how am I going to live for the next three days on trail mix, you know? Um, cause, cause you can't, and, and we're taking care of you in that sense. Um, and that, uh, um, that everybody's having a good safe time that if there's, there's injuries, we'll have people there to, to take care of that and, and solve those problems and, and make sure that everybody's just into the moment, into the game and, and living it. No, and I, I, kind of think that that you know that's partially where i am as well that you know we we there have been some good things so far i mean it's it's been a lot of fun testing some of the some of the technology that we're going to be using for for the recordings and all that stuff um and you know actually seeing what works and what doesn't work and and figuring out how to get it to work <laughs> um but I, I i definitely think that you know i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the seeing how the players sort of interact with the world once we once we get it up and running for them that that's really something i'm i'm definitely looking forward to um just actually answer your question martin the thing that so far to date has been the best was uh seeing everyone's and experiencing everyone's reaction to the character assignment announcements and just how enthused and excited they got by simply getting a first initial and a last name and the uh, billet that they're filling. And just knowing where everyone was in the crew uh, org structure really energized and electrified the player base in a, in a way I've never seen with any other game or LARP. Uh, and I don't know if that is just due to the fact of the true like passion that many of the players who have signed up for this game are with the Honorverse and true fans of military science fiction, but is really, I mean, the, the, the speed in which everyone changed their Discord uh, nicknames from their, their personal names to their character names and what rank they are and what division they're in, I mean, it was just, it was really, uh, it was really great to see. So that, that kind of leads to the next question, which is, you know, generally, and obviously it's, it's too early to, to give a, 
complete answer to this, but but how how do you think that fans of the Honorverse uh, that are playing will will experience this LARP? In other words, you know, obviously it's not going to look like an Honorverse ship because it's an old you know Korean War era destroyer, but you know we're going to do our best to to make it as as you know best we can. But how do you think that a, a true Honorverse fan is going to experience this LARP? Um, so I'm a Star Wars fan, as I think most of us here are. Um, and you and I did a LARP together that was Star Wars adjacent, let's say. And it was so much more than Star Wars, but it was Star Wars adjacent. It, it was very much like that. It's a very good way and to call that was, it. Today. Yeah. 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 That was a profound experience. It was wonderful because we got to play with the, the light sticks. We, we, had powers it was cool but that wasn't that universe it was not canonically that universe this is going to be that universe canonically that universe this is going to be dealing with things and and being able to say things like did you you know did you hear who the new first space lord is kind of of statements and kinds of of discussions that we've been having about the books since forever. So it's going to be like, I'm, I'm actually there. I'm in the book. I'm, I'm a character in it in a sense. And I think that's going to be like super profound for a lot of our, our players who are well-versed in the universe. Yeah. I think Pete, Pete's absolutely right. That, uh, I know, I mean, I already have my uh, Ballista Crest, Ship Crest mug. I got the captain's mug, is ready to go. Um, nice. And um, I think we have a really unique uh, opportunity to create the truly immersive environment. And I think there's, there'll be that when we muster kind of Friday morning or when we uh, muster Sunday morning and we look around and everyone's in the black, in the black berets and uh, the Marines are ranked up in black and green and everything that we're going to just forget that we aren't on a Korean ship in Michigan. We're going to, we are in the honorverse. And I think uh, anyone who's a true fan of the the, the books and the, the universe is going uh, that'll be uh, the magic that makes it all worth it. We might feel like we're in Saganami's fleet, but we'll we'll feel we'll feel part of it. <laughs> no, and I, you know it's 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 always interesting because I've done so many different LARPs that have been set in various settings. I've done a, a Battlestar Galactica-esque LARP uh, that was done in a school in Finland where, where literally they transformed this school into this amazing spaceship complete with, you know, science labs, shuttle bays, shuttles, um, you know, an armory, a security area, a, a really awesome bridge setup an engineering room that, you know, even most Star Trek producers would die for. And, 
you know, and then I've done the, 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 you know, the LARP that you were mentioning, Peter, um, where, yeah, it was Star Wars adjacent. And I think one of part of the coolest part of that LARP, you know, both, both versions of it that, that we've done were the venues that it was on, um, you know, the, the, the USS Massachusetts, which is, you know, the battleship that fired, uh, I think it's the first and last shots from a battleship of, of, you know, World War II. And, you know, also the USS Salem, which was the last heavy cruiser of the U.S. I mean, and those two ships are very different. You know, the the museum quality Massachusetts is, is pristine and nice and, and, you know, it looks like you could easily roam that ship and, you know, do do all sorts of things you, you want to do on it. And you get up to the Salem and, you know, there's a quote from from down periscope that I love, which just sort of sums that entire ship up, which is, I feel like I need a tetanus shot just from looking at her. <laughs> and, and there are some it parts of the, line. and there are some parts of the Salem where you might actually need one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I may have hit one of those. <laughs> I kind of did want a tetanus shot after I did that. Um, so, I actually just got a booster of that this year. <laughs> My doctor just reminded me that I need a booster. So, so you know, I mean, it's the the nice thing with I think the with, with the Edson, which is where we're going to be doing this LARP, is the fact that it's a very it, it's it's a very well kept ship. It's a clean ship. Um, they've kept uh, you know it's it's very museum quality. Um, there's been a lot of love put into that ship by the people that are maintaining her in the Saganami Naval uh, Saganami Valley Naval Museum. And it's it's just really nice to see that. Um, did you say Saginami or Saginaw? Sorry, I did say Saginami. I meant Sa <laughs> I meant Saginaw, but I did say Saginami. Yes, okay. my bad. <laughs> but I was like, wait, nothing wrong with that. No, nope. that's what happens when we start talking about the universe. Exactly. Um, but um, but so without giving away too much of the plot, is there any specific part of the LARP that you think is going to be the most fun for the players? I can think off the top of my head uh, several based on, on what I know. Um, and I think a lot of it is going to be where you are at any given moment, because I think some moments, like if you happen to be standing on the bridge at one moment, that's going to make the LARP for you. If you're, down below decks doing something in engineering it's going to completely make your event you're going to be dealing with something that's going to be like oh okay this could make everything go wrong and i, I think you know it, what i'm talking about but yes yes i do i guess it depends what hat i'm wearing because there's a part of me that wants to be on the bridge when when the one crewman says to the other have you been out to the mess yet have you tried that mac and cheese oh my god we've <laughs> <laughs> well, and the truth is you might actually get some of that through the video feed. <laughs> From the director's side, but I'm like, don't talk about the food. Move on. Don't talk about the food. <laughs> well, uh, that's unfortunate, Dave, because I am going to dragoon both you and Jack into putting together a, a captain's uh, mess table it, oh, we already least, have that plan. At we least the, one or both nights that would make Honor herself from the books proud. So I, I already have that plan. The wardroom has is not getting the same food that the mess hall is. Um, we have uh, distinctly upgraded menus. So, like if the mess hall is eating meatloaf, you're eating pot roast. 
and uh, and we'll do a full table setting. That the uh, the one nice thing is they have beautiful china there. Outstanding. Well, I was going to say, Ca- Captain Tanvers himself has a budget that he is willing to uh, use to ensure that this uh, both each or one of or both meals go off extra special. So we will Excellent. we will talk. Is it too late to sign up for a player? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm in this unique position of the fact that I've wanted to do an honor verse LARP for years, and I don't get to play in this thing. <laughs> I, I get to watch it, I get to help run it, I get to help create it, but I don't get to play in it, and I'm so jealous of everybody well, who's going to get G- to play. GM alienation syndrome. Here's yeah. Because of where our production office is going to be, it's much easier for us to eat out of the wardrobe than to eat out of the mess. It just it's just so many fewer steps. So Well that wasn't why I was I wanted to be a player. <laughs> I wanted to actually be there having dinner with the captain. <laughs> oh, I hear that. I may yeah. choose to serve that meal. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, I guess partially I guess it is GM alienation syndrome, because you know, it's one of these things where where I know where some of these plot points are, and I just really want to see how people react when they happen. And, you know, the, one of the things that you were laughing at, Peter, um, I think we've actually managed to automate that entire sequence so that I don't have to do anything with it. It'll do it by itself, which is going to be so much better. Um, and, and it also means that it frees up a camera, interestingly enough, because it means I don't have to have a camera looking at that particular piece of equipment. I can have a camera looking out into the area instead, which will just make it that much more fun. Um, so when they lose their shit, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when well, when su- when suddenly the bridge calls and says, "Um, fix it, fix it, fix it." <laughs> and it's not going to be like that five degree list, is it? <laughs> Martin and I have been working on a special effect thing for the Marines that I really want to watch unfold on camera because I think people are going to. Uh, get so caught up in the moment that they forget it's a LARP. Yeah. And and get very caught up in the moment. This is really happening and I have to save this person. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how that comes out, to be honest. That 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 hopefully is gonna be a really awesome scene. Or set of scenes actually. Yeah. So what aspects do you think that that or do you feel that this LARP has borrowed from other events and it could be conventions, it could be it, it could be film production, um, it could be other LARPs to make it sort of a more complete experience, in your opinion, based on what you know so far? Well, I'm old school when it comes to filmmaking. I don't like to do everything CGI. I like practical effects. So everything we can do and the more time we have to make those practical effects happen, the more real we will make it for the person in the moment on the ship. Um, And that goes everything from having monitors that are functionings that they're looking at to having squibs going off or whatever it is so that they feel like they're in the middle of the action and that it's not just some narrator saying this happens and blah, 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 blah. You react like this or whatever. I, I want them to, it's just all happening real time and they lose themselves in that moment and, and are so, there. So you you were with me when we were there looking at the ship uh, yes. right around right around um, Halloween, I guess, two years ago. 
when they were setting up for the the Edson uh, experience, I think it's called, or something like yeah. that. Um, and the one thing that we learned is that we can use dry ice. Oh yeah. So we can get smoke going in this in, in the ship. So you know, when things go boom, smoke can happen. <laughs> So I think from what I've seen so far, uh, I'm going to say uh, the integration of the Horizon uh, simulator is looking like it's going to be the biggest uh, value add piece at this point of really selling the illusion that we are a spaceship in space. And especially in the Honorverse, we have inertial compensators, so we don't have to feel like we're moving to be moving. So it's it's perfect to black out the windows and have the monitors have stars flying by and we're mm -hmm. like, we're in space. Yay. Yeah. And that's, and that goes back to the, the, the physical effects that, that David was talking about, because it's going to give us some of those physical effects. And I think one of the things that we want to do with the filming is make sure that the main monitor is one of the video feeds that we have going into our system so that we can always switch to that front monitor. You know, it would be fun if we could rig up some sort of a vibration thing that we could run through the deck plates so that when we're in motion, that vibration is happening. You feel like there's things happening. I, we had something similar on the Salem when we were doing that. I mean, it was the speakers, but it they was, got it, low enough. It's at a couple of points that you could almost feel it. Yeah, well, we're going to be setting those those same speakers up with essentially that that same background noise running through them constantly. That ship mm -hmm. hum. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that that Odysseus did that I really loved. Odysseus was the Battlestar Galactica LARP. Um, they took a subwoofer and pointed it at the floor, and every time the ship jumped um, through the subwoofer, it was a bass E from a bass guitar that just went thumb and the entire, I mean, you felt it through the entire school, but if you were right next to the subwoofer in engineering, so when the game was over, they had us all go into engineering and sit down on the floor. Oh my God, you felt that thing. Like your entire body was vibrating from that thing. And so, I mean, and there, that's, are, that brings there are ways to point. do it. Oh, so, yeah, I was just say that brings up a good point because I know that at, at one of the little LARPs I went to, if something was happening on the bridge, you didn't know it literally anywhere else in the ship. And and that was that was kind of an issue. Um, like, because there was combat. Uh, but I will say, I think that that I've noticed that we're pulling in elements of, of some other quest games. We're pulling in elements of our, our experience at conventions as members of the TRM, TRMN, um, we're pulling in a lot of that stuff and, and making something that I don't think I've ever come across something quite this well thought out, quite this realistic, quite this um, fandom-y, I guess is a good word for it. Like where, where it's the, the actual fandom and the actual like person behind the fandom, the author, is getting involved and in saying, "Do this thing." And I don't know how often that's actually happened in in the LARP LARP spaces. 
Um, I mean, so in general, as far as I know, it hasn't happened that often. Part of the reason for that is is that that nobody, you know, it it it's it's a royalty issue in a lot of instances. You know, here 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 because it's it's a break even thing for the most part. There's no there's no royalty issues that are going on, but but there's there's a lot of issues with that for especially like some of the Battlestar Galactica LARPs some of the Harry Potter adjacent LARPs, some of the Star Wars adjacent LARPs, where the reason that they're adjacent is to free themselves up from from some of the things that we're kind of stuck doing, if you will. Um, there was a LARP that ran in Sweden called Monitor Celestra, which was another Battlestar Galactica-esque LARP that ran on a, I want to say it was a, it was a, it was either a destroyer or a corvette um that was uh, that, sadly i never got a chance to play but i mean like all the photos from it were just amazing i mean it's the same thing with you know the concept of using the the um, horizon simulator kind of thing and then having that bridge interaction um you know there was a there was a larp that was going to run on the uss new jersey that sadly never got funded which was going to be a, a a recreation of a Vietnam era battle, where for oh, I want to say it was like five thousand dollars, you got to dry fire one of the one of the big guns, which would have been so awesome. <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, but um, that 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 LARP, you know, sadly didn't raise enough money because you know it, it's kind of expensive to rent a battleship. <laughs> So we're lucky in the sense that we found a we, we found a destroyer that we can rent at a reasonable price. So speaking of the destroyer, how well do you think the Edson is suited for this LARP? Amazingly. There's there's technical issues that, that Dave's talked about, but but I do feel like from a a player standpoint, running around on this thing in uniform is going to be amazing well and doing it at the time of year we're doing it i'm just sad we can't space somebody because it would feel like they were getting space that time of year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it would sent them out the airlock and nothing but their their uh work. every time i had to go to the bathroom <laughs> oh god yeah i'm i'm so hoping that that we hit one of those novembers that's not like super freezing that, that you know at least it's a moderate november it would be fun if we made them put vac suits on to go outside to use the restroom. You have to put this vac suit on to get from here to the... <laughs> and um, run a tether line. They have to pull themselves along the rope. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if the, if the pier floods, they, they might need to. But, but fortunately, I think they fixed that problem. I think they finally got um, some help from the, from the township and have actually fixed that problem, which is kind of nice. So we wanted to deal with some of that. Uh, some of those aspects. Um, but, um, I mean, I, I like the layout of the ship. I like the fact that, you know, yes, if people want to sleep at the hotel, they can, that's completely up to them. Um, but you know, the game's going to run constantly throughout the, throughout the, the weekend. So, you know, make sure you're back on board for your shift because otherwise you will miss stuff. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice also that you can just sort of, you know, if, if you're an officer, you're going to have officer's quarters on that ship. You can stay there. If you're enlisted, there are bunks there for you. Yeah, my uh, my plan is to uh, not sleep at all, and what sleep I do get will be bonus. So, 
speaking as someone that stayed on it during the during um the last frigid larp that we had in the in the crew area the first night it was cold but once you got into your sleeping bag and into your your you know whatever you brought to sleep in yeah once you got into your rack it was not that that cold at all yeah you, you occasionally had some heat loss if you pressed your head or your pillow up against something metal but i mean there was no i don't i that first night i was i was pretty snug not like the second night where rob and i stole the, the heater <laughs> so so i have to admit i i i i was the xo for for um for that particular game and i'm taking over as a co now because our co got promoted to admiral which hopefully means i get the co's cabin because the Exo's cabin was at the very top of the ship. Um, there are some power issues with the ship as a whole. So if I was going to run anything up there, like even just running the CPAP machine, like they had to shut down all the computers in CIC or we'd blow a fuse. So, you know, it, 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 the, the, the little tiny space heater that they gave me was great. It heated that room up to like unbearable temperatures you ran it for five minutes and that room was completely sort of, oh my God, I'm drenched in sweat and you had to turn it off. And then you fall asleep and you wake up and, you know, you move that half inch and your backside touches that cold bulkhead and suddenly you're wide awake because it's freezing. <laughs> but it was it was actually kind of nice even there. So... Yeah, I think I think that I, I will say as a as a native Floridian, the the temperature thing was intimidating when I was when I was planning for packing for this thing, but it turned out I didn't need half the stuff I brought. It wasn't that uncomfortable, even with no heaters in like the science spaces on the ship and and um, a few other spaces that weren't heated. It wasn't really that uncomfortable. I was wearing three layers, but it wasn't that uncomfortable. Well, and one of the nice things, I think, both for that LARP and this LARP, is the fact that the base uniform is a jumpsuit, which yeah. tends to keep a lot of heat in. So, I mean, that, that's, sort of a, that's sort of a bonus there, I guess. Yeah, and you can wear layers under as well. Yeah. 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 One positive well, I... of the LARP getting delayed, though, is I get a whole nother year to break in my boots. Uh, is it is it the boots that that I recommended to you? Yes, they are super comfy. Yes, uh, but still, I'm looking forward to even more comfortable broken in boots. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm busy breaking mine in even more than we already did, but but they are super comfy. We had those, we had those in our sailing halfway around Iceland. Um, I think we my, my my wife and I were probably two of the only people, aside from potentially some of the Dutch crew, and like the the guys running the course that didn't have cold feet. I did go with the, the lower uh, top version than the ones you had recommended, but same brand, same, same model, same non metals toe. Okay. Which yep. is uh, the key apparently. Yes. Yeah. We've, we, 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 as, as was pointed out to me, steel toed boots, bad for water. I broke is... in brand new boots out in Utah at the, uh, at the um, spike con 
that that was not pleasant. I, I can imagine. <laughs> um, no, nothing about that con was pleasant, but the, the uh, boots yeah. didn't add to the, add to the <laughs> sense. Of... Um, so with, with almost a year to go before the LARP runs, um, should the Royal Manticore Navy team begin planning some pre-LARP events? Yes. Yes. Next question. No. <laughs> no. Well, okay. Next See, question. Now, I'm going to tell question. you what, what I don't know if you heard this idea, Joe, but I had I I I know I'd mentioned this to Martin um, about doing like a party Thursday night, like the pre-launch party. If you remember uh, Honor of the Queen, mm-hmm. like one of those kinds of parties. Yes, with Martin. Everybody Martin. in character, and then people who had like. You know, uh, and I'm uh, thinking of of some of the RMN, the TRMN folks that are going, like me, for example, could go in my RMN persona because I don't have an on ship persona. Yeah, Martin, uh, Martin, let me know about that one. And I was like, of course, now I got to bring my mess dress uniform. Okay, <laughs> got to figure that how to fit that in the luggage now. I have brand new TRMN luggage. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, so that's that's one that I think we're still definitely planning to have that that pre uh, that Thursday night pre pre party for those people that can make it. Obviously, it's a completely optional thing, and and if you can't make it, that's you know completely fine as well. I understand that not everyone can take all the time off in the world to do these things. Um, you know, and we're looking for other events that we can do sort of in the interim. I know that that one of the things that you and I have plenty of time to do now, Peter, is is test stress test some of the the uh you know communications procedures <laughs> mm. which uh which we'll probably get to during the winter at some point <laughs> works for me whatever um i still i still have about another 40 code phrases that i need to get created i thought so we were I, done with that <laughs> I, I i thought so too and then i discovered that i discovered critical words that we needed oh, okay um, so I, I, I will finish that off though. That's almost done. And once that's done, we, we should be good. And then I'll update the, the manuals for that. Um, but, so I know the um, one thing that you and I had kind of discussed, Martin, is that there's, there's a balance point, uh, for doing pre LARP event where we need, we don't want to have and build relationship and social interactions that then, when characters are assigned to individuals and given, they're uh, at odds with what the plot team has written. So if you you hate right. your you hate your uh, boss because he's a micromanaging butthole, but over Discord you've become great friends, that makes it challenging or could be more challenging. So I think uh, pre-event LARP with the crew, getting to train, start to you know understand the system. Uh, both the game system, if there really is any, um, which, but also using Horizon and using the the communication systems and, and the code systems like that um, is kind of dependent on us getting the whole crew roster finalized and settled down and replenished from the attrition that we lost due to, uh, due to the COVID delay. And uh, so it's kind of a, I think we're kind of in a little chicken egg scenario because having those events would be super uh, engaging and would uh, get the enthusiasm up, but in order to get more players, but in order to have that event, we need to have the players at a point where they can interact. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's th the nice thing about the type of LARP it is because we're running a, 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 for the most part, a Nordic style LARP. Um, and Nordic LARP generally works on the concept of, of well, we, we, we generally call it yes and. Um, so in other words, it would be like, you know, if, if I'm telling a story, you know, um, I, I start by, by giving you a small segment of that story and then you pick it up by saying yes and, and then sort of continuing that story. It's, it's a positive sort of aspect of it as opposed to, as opposed to then taking and going with a, in a negative aspect. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have characters designed to have negative character interactions, and we do have, we do have some that are are specifically designed for that. Um, <laughs> Peter is nodding, <laughs> um, but you know that that doesn't mean that that. I guess the nice thing about a Nordic LARP is is once you have your character, you can make the character your own. So, you know, even if your character has a decidedly negative interaction, if you don't want to play that negative interaction, you know, as long as the people that you're playing with are fine with you changing how you interact with them, you, you can change how you interact with them. And that's kind of one of the benefits of, of this style of LARP. I, you know, uh, the great example that we had was that very first one that, that we did together, um, um, Pete, with... Um, with uh, were, were you you were at the one with Rob yeah the yeah the first one with with Rob and the one that was on the Massachusetts right oh no I didn't go to the one on the Massachusetts oh you didn't go to the one okay um so 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 uh, you were the warden at the one I went to I was the warden at the one yes okay um so the one on the Massachusetts the one on the Massachusetts we we had we had six players uh yeah we 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 had sorry we had eight players to, I think it was 30 staff. Um, it was a really small LARP, and it literally ran because I decided to fund it because Sarah Kate wanted to do it for an anniversary present. Um, and the guys that ran it were basically like, yeah, sure, we'll run it We'll run it for you guys. That's, that sounds like a fun thing. Um, but, you know, that, that LARP started with the characters that we had in, in the beginning of that LARP was, were so different by the time we got to, like, day two. Um, you know, they, they had planned this, this wonderful Star Wars, everybody ends like Empire Strikes Back kind of ending. And somehow we managed to get it to a, a Babylon 5, let's set up a, a, you know, Star League of Nations kind of ending. <laughs> kind of like what happened to us with, with saving everybody that we could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the so 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 for that particular LARP, we ran that again. With Rob came back and was the warden for the kids. Yeah, I was there for um, that one. <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, and, and the best part with that was like the adults all decided to try to work together, try to figure out the problem, try to like solve the problem, and the kids just decided to blow up the ship. That was great. It was so great that the two endings were so different. It was just amazing. Um. So. Anyways, we're we're slowly drawing to a, a close here. So, you know, as, assuming it runs for you, what's what's next for each of you with LARP or or for a convention or or you know whatever's next for you? Assuming that COVID doesn't cancel it, I would I would take just getting back into LARPing. Most of the LARPs that I am involved in around here have shut down. Um, 
with no clear indication of when they're going to start back up or, or when they're going to pick that up. Um, I know I, I skipped out on Dragon Con this year, just a lot of COVID related things and related to my career that just decided to skip it this year. I know you were here for it, but. Uh, it, it was fun. And I mean, uh, but I mean, we, we took precautions. We, you know, it was masking all the time inside. We pretty much carried hand sanitizer with us. Um, you know. and, and my wife was very not like I mentioned it once, maybe, maybe going and that one could happen. Cause again, I think a lot of it is, is the, is kind of our particular situation with careers and stuff. So. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the next thing on my horizon is possibly most likely Baycon coming up over Memorial Day weekend in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area uh, for events. Um, most of my LARPing nowadays tends to be one-off convention LARP games, which have too suffered from COVID. And um, most of the cons that or went through this year, at least out in California, did a virtual version, which makes LARPing somewhat difficult. Um, so yeah, I'm really laser focused on the Matter of Honor LARP um, as the uh, don't get distracted, don't get, don't say it's a year away, say, and, you know, leave things to the last minute, really try and keep everyone in, engaged as early and as often as possible um, going forward. Because before we all know it, it'll be here and we'll be going, oh crap, and scrambling to get things done at the end, like we always do. Yeah, for me, I've got, uh, well, I was supposed to have a bank. We do these murder mystery uh, things in historical mansions up here. And I was supposed to have one on the 20th. and three days before one of the cast members members tested positive for COVID. So they canceled for us. And uh, so I've got two more coming up in December and hopefully those will go off without a hitch. Um, Cause that's, that's a big chunk of my winter income, those banquets. So, so I don't want to lose any more of those. Com completely understandable. But it had that happened and had, everything else gone as planned i would have been doing that banquet literally taking all of the catering stuff from you know literally we'd finish we'd take it we'd wash it we'd load it in the car and we would take off for michigan <laughs> so that we would be there so that we'd be doing that and then literally racing back from that to do yet another banquet the following weekend so 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 a little bit of a reprieve yes yeah <laughs> um i guess i guess the next thing for me is, is um um, Sarah Kate and I are doing a Star Trek cruise uh, at the uh, end of February, beginning of March. That's the next big thing for us. Um, and then obviously uh, Outbound Hope season two in April. So those are the things I'm looking forward to at this point. I'm hoping that Outbound Hope season two doesn't get postponed again. But um, but yeah, no, those are those are the big things for us. So. Um, I think this has been an excellent discussion and I'd love to continue this for many hours, but unfortunately our time is coming to a close. So I would like to thank Joe, Peter, and David for joining us today. 
It's a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure uh, to be here, and I look forward to seeing everyone in the upcoming LARP. Uh, Martin, do we have any information on when registration will be reopening? Has that been announced uh, yet, or in the near yet. future? Not yet. No, but as soon as as soon as we have news, it'll it'll be up on um, it'll be up on the website. Perfect. So, and that's matteroforhonor.com. Uh, matteroforhonorlarp.com, I believe. Aha! Uh-huh. There we go. I, I'd have to double check, but I believe that that's correct. So, um, so, I think we should just say to to all the participants. Yes, you have to wait, but it will be worth the wait. You will have an amazing time on this weekend. So don't give up. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. Our next episode will release around the... 22nd of January uh, 2022, which will be the first episode of our third season and is going to look at emotional safety and well-being in LARP. That topic is going to cover how LARP in general ensures the emotional safety of its players as well as their physical well-being during an event. Uh, So again, I'd like to thank our guests for joining me live on the show. I'm your host, Martin. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books. Additionally, we'd like to thank the uh, Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothbaum Memorial Podcast Studio. And I would again like to thank Feedspot for our inclusion on the Top 5 LARP podcast. Please check out all of their links at adventure2innkeeper.com.